This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. This is one for all of my future, past and present change makers. This is going to be a short riff on why creating change in your career can be scary as hell and how you can start to think about change from a place of possibility. I know firsthand that change is really scary and usually it's really scary for us because there is an element of the unknown. Perhaps you're following a path that is true to you. See, I slipped in the name of my podcast in there. But it's also a path that hasn't been walked before by you or potentially in the same way by someone else. And when we are walking this unknown path, our primitive brain hates anything that's out of normal routine. For most of us, our primitive brain is going to love that routine of eat, coffee, shower, work, eat, work, home, eat, sleep. You got it. The unknown is especially scary because we don't necessarily know the end point. I'm starting here, but where am I going to? What is this going to look like? What is the outcome of this change that I'm going to make? Right now, your routine is probably pretty reliable. You get a regular paycheck, it's very secure, and everything just runs smoothly and really easily. But what's ironic is that we put more faith in the computer that's in our back pocket, the very computer that I'm talking into right now, than we do the supercomputer that's sitting right up here in our head that has the most power to help us navigate our way through life. Ain't no Google Maps up there. It's way more sophisticated than that. So what do you do when your heart is saying change, but your head is saying, stop, stay, be safe, stay comfortable? Why do we listen to the head and not the heart? So from my personal experience, change usually requires us to leave behind a part of ourselves in order to step into that new future. This part that we're leaving behind that we don't want to leave behind has been etched in our being for years and it's part of our identity. It's who we've been. Maybe it's a title that you have. Maybe it's a job that you've held for years and years and years. And so when we change, be it becoming a first time mother, changing your body shape, even stepping into your first graduate role or going from employee to business owner, we are shifting our identity. And that is friggin' uncomfortable for our fair brain to get its little brain around. <laughs> But there's so much more to change, isn't there, than just changing your job title on your Facebook feed profile, whatever it is, or your Instagram profile, you can bio, you can tell which one I follow more. 
There's so much more to just doing that and saying, yeah, I've changed, I've done it. It's because so much of the process of change is going up in our heads. It's going on in our heads. We're thinking about it 24 seven. And usually what our primitive brain kicks in and tells us is, if I change, will they still like me? Who will fold the washing? If I'm not folding the washing or if I'm not home on Wednesday nights, who's going to cook dinner? What if I start to show more of myself and put myself out there, be the woman behind the business? Will people still want to work with me if I change? For me, one of the most courageous shifts that I made was when I left my full-time career officially in architecture back in 2015. And at that time, even though the change eventually came from my heart, my head was so gosh darn concerned for me. It was so concerned for me. It was concerned that I would be judged, concerned that my friendship group might shift and change, concerned that I wouldn't have that prestigious career or that prestigious title that was so easily rolled off the tongue when I met people. And interestingly, this is not something that I really share very often, but because those thoughts were going on, on and on and on in my head for so long, I experienced a lot of grief after making that decision. Not grief from anyone else, but grief, a loss, a loss, an absence of part of my identity. Even though I really wanted to step in this new direction, there was still a part of me that was like, well, who are you without this title? And it was such an interesting time because the grief had me want to hold on to the title. It wanted me to hold on to the status and the identity that I'd come to know and those things that have really created safety. But thankfully, also at that time, way more potent than that grief was this desire to do work that was truly aligned with my values, to do work that felt meaningful. I worked really hard on my vision and finding images and words and pictures and sketching out my dreams and my ideas in my sketchbook. And these things, because I worked on them any spare moment that I had, these things became my unofficial why. I was so clear and I could see it in front of me. I could materialize, I could, I could, um, you know, I could see this possible future that I wanted. And whenever I felt overwhelmed, creeping of what next, what will I do next, what's my next decision, just like Dorothy, I would click my little heels come back to my center and could make a decision from there. Coming back to my center literally meant coming back to my values, those words I'd written, those pictures, that uh, vision board perhaps. And although it might felt, it felt like I was starting again, you know, every new decision, every next move was, might've been felt like starting again. It really wasn't because 
I soon realized that one thing led to another, led to another, led to another, and then chances are you'll look back in three, five, ten years time and you'll go, wow, it's amazing that I got here because I just kept making those decisions and I kept making those little changes. And one analogy I love around making small changes is that we don't have to do the biggest things straight away. We don't have to make the most bold, courageous leap if we don't want to. And we can actually chain, train our brains <laughs> to love change over time. And the way I like to think about this, the analogy that I use, because I used to be a runner, so this is really easy for me to get, that when you start out running and you might start out running around the block, that's all you can manage and that's okay. You do that for a few days and then you're not going to wake up the next week and suddenly decide to run a marathon, go from running a couple of kilometers to jumping into 42Ks. Like most people would not ever think about doing that. So you back up a little and you say, I'm just gonna dip my toe in. I'm gonna dip my toe into the water and I'm going to go easy first. And I'm going to test this and get feedback and then go for the next change and the next change and the next change. Like I said, you're training your mind to love change over time. And you know, change isn't always beautiful. It's not always going to be the most graceful thing. If you think about a caterpillar in its little cocoon, all like, this is really uncomfortable. And then just one day a miracle happens and it's become a butterfly. It's not always the most graceful thing to start out with. But all I can say is that even when it's not beautiful and not graceful, I am so glad I listened to my heart and I continue to listen to my heart over my head. Now, there's one woman who also knows about change in her career, and that is a woman by the name of Marie Folio. Some of you might have heard me talk about her potentially on the podcast or in my Instagram post, she is the author of a fantastic book called Everything is Figureoutable. I can give you a quick one minute snippet of her career journey and it goes a little something like this. She goes to university, studies business, I think, then she gets a trading position on Wall Street as a woman, like incredible. But after six months, she has this head over heart moment and she actually decides she's going to leave that job. She goes on to work for some of Condé Nast's top magazines. Then she leaves that because it's, an, again, another head over heart decision. And she decides in her mid-twenties, which she says is actually quite old, but I'm not a dancer myself, she decides to become a Nike dance athlete. Yep, she is repping Nike in dancing. And this is a woman that hasn't danced her whole life. She just throws herself into it and decides to have a go. Eventually, she finds her flow in life coaching. And while 
growing that business, she supports herself with bartending and teaching more dance classes until her early 30s. And then she's around about mid 40s now, early 40s. She has for the last nine years delivered a world-class online business program called B-School. Lots of leaps, lots of little leaps and changes and she is one incredible woman who is someone that I really look up to because she has such a strong philosophy on change and of course everything is figure outable. So what I've decided is because I'm such a Marie fan and she is such a freaking badass businesswoman, I'm going to give away two copies of her book, Everything is Figureoutable, to two lucky women. And so to be in the running for this book, all you need to do if you're listening to the podcast is scroll down to the show notes and uh, find the phrase, click here, and that will take you to an Instagram post. If you like that Instagram post, or if you jump onto my Instagram right now and find Ruby K Marsh, like the post with Marie's book in it and tag your friend. If both of you like the post and follow me, you'll get a chance to win the book and I will be announcing all the winners on the 6th of November. So I've got two copies to give away. All you need to do is make sure that both of you are following my account and that you've commented on the post about Marie's book. So if you need some final words of encouragement today, I would say right now, if you are contemplating a change in your career, the best thing you can really do is ask yourself, if I do this thing, what is the worst that could happen? And usually the worst thing that could happen is never truly as bad as you thought it was going to be. And that just might be your answer. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now. Hey there, girlfriend. Podcasts are incredible, aren't they? But of course, as you probably know, the real magic happens when you take those concepts you've learned and apply them directly to your life through daily action. If you're yearning to find more meaning in your work, then I want to invite you to take that daily action by joining me in my one-on-one mentoring program, The Unstoppable Woman. To find out more, head to rubymarsh.com slash private mentoring. I cannot wait to take the journey with you.